Hey, ever wonder what it would be like to start your own food business? How about your own chocolate brand, craft beer, pizza store, or fruit juice company? Every week, we talk to people who have and are making money doing it. Here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com, food entrepreneurs just love to share their success stories with you. So you can do it too. Now, here's the guy who loves a glass or two of yummy South African pinotage with a Sunday roast, Mark Hayes. Hi, and welcome to another episode of MakeMoneyWithFood.com. I'm your host, Mark Hayes. Every week, we speak to food entrepreneurs from all around the world. We find out exactly what they've done, what they sell, how they make money, and we share their success stories with you. In today's podcast, we meet Ala Uvera, co-owner and founder of Two Chicks, a maker of egg white products, and a new range of healthy egg white snacks called Chirps. During a stint in Los Angeles, Anna Ritchie, Allah's friend from college days, discovered the trend among health-conscious celebrities and sports people for skinny egg white omelettes. Upon returning to the UK, Anna correctly identified a distinct gap in the market for free-range liquid egg whites. She roped in Alla, her friend, and promptly established Anna Alla Limited, based in Kettering in England since 2007. In the interim, the pair have secured several rounds of investor-led funding, convinced national retailers to stock their products, outsourced production of their product range, hired several employees, achieved sales close to an annual 3 million sterling, and have successfully launched their products in Hong Kong, Thailand, France, and other markets. The brand has attracted the endorsement of UK-based celebrity television chefs and entrepreneurs, including Nigella Lawson, Lloyd Grossman and John Turode, and all of this in seven short years during the starkest economic recession of modern times, despite having neither culinary qualifications nor previous food business experience. Anna and Ala exemplify the kind of entrepreneurial qualities which we particularly admire here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com. The podcast episode you're about to hear was recorded in early January 2015. As always, you can find some great show notes accompanying the podcast for this episode on MakeMoneyWithFood.com. Welcome to the program, Ala. Thank you. So, Ala, um, my understanding is that you have a food business called Two Chicks based in the UK. What exactly does Two Chicks produce? Uh, so, we launched Two Chicks in 2007 um, with the first um, uh, free-range liquid egg white um, onto the UK market. Um, we then followed up with um, an omelette mix, and right now we're in the process of launching another product, which is a, um, a healthy snack, which is also made with egg white. It's like a crisp-style product uh, called Chirps. Okay, and what exactly are the brand's unique selling points? First of all, you've got the name Two Chicks. I think that's self-evident because when people visit your website, which is Two Chicks, T-W-O-C-H-I-C-K-S, .co.uk, you can see that there are two founders. Um, what are the brand's unique selling points as, as Two Chicks? Um, so Two Chicks, yes, is literally, we are the Two Chicks, mm-hmm. um, but also it's just a play on uh, eggs and hands so because, you know, we make liquid egg white um, and we're sticking with egg white and egg products, um, convenience, healthy um, yeah, these are kind of our USBs, really. Okay, and what exactly brought you to the idea of making products which are very, very specific, namely egg whites? How come there's a market for egg whites in the UK? Um, well, it was actually my business partner. She came up with the idea. She spent some time living in LA, um, and egg white is very popular over there. Uh, and when she came back to the UK, she couldn't find egg white, and she really thought it would work. 
Um, so she asked me if I wanted to do the business with her um, because um, her education did English at university and then she went into journalism and I studied economics. Um, so, you know, our skills combined um, kind of worked well to create this business. So neither of you really had a food background. You weren't uh, previously in some kind of food business and then made, uh, made the leap from a food production business to your own business. No, we were literally just kind of finishing university and getting into, into career, you know, starting to you know, get into our careers. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I was very lucky for me. It was just brilliant timing because... Um, Having studied economics at university, I was desperate to kind of use my education and my brain. And I was really, you know, I was thinking of business ideas already. I kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit. So when I, and I approached him with, with this idea, I just thought it was perfect. And how did you learn to make uh, the product? So you have something which is obviously simple in the sense that it's, it consists of egg whites, but there's obviously more to it than that. How did you learn to make a product, a food product, which is now in retail outlets? but you had no food production um, experience. I mean, that really is intriguing. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, the, the learning curve has been extremely steep and it's, um, it's actually really interesting learning. We've learned so much along the way. Um, we just kind of, you know, we just started with uh, researching and writing a business plan. <clears throat> we looked into, you know, people to produce. So we don't actually produce um, the egg white ourselves because you know, building a factory and things like that, it just wasn't what we wanted to do. And, you know, it's a whole different skill set and, you know, a massive investment. So we, we just found a producer who could do this for us. When you went to approach someone to produce, how did you explain what you wanted? And how did you know that these people were capable of taking your business idea and entrusting it to them? How did you know these people were the right people to do business with? Yeah. Well, we had to actually knock on a lot of doors and we've had a lot of doors closed um, because, um, you know, maybe they were the right people, but they didn't think we were the right people, you know. Um, so, but it's just, yeah, just, you know, just we're just trying and, and then we, we found a very good, very big company who, you know, were excited about the project because we were. And it just worked really well. So tell me about your new product, Chirps. Mm. So, um, Chirps um, is just, it's a really, really wonderful product. It's made with egg white and also rice flour. So, it's, um, it's high in protein, it's low in carbohydrate, uh, and it's low in fat. There's nothing like it on the market. So, there are, you know, there are a few um, snacks coming out onto the market now which are low in fat, but they're still um, high in carbon. They have, you know, no protein. Um, so I think this product of ours really fills the gap and the need. So it's, you know, it will appeal to people who get to the gym and buy protein bars. It will, it's also just good for, you know, a quick like, mid-morning snack or mid-afternoon snack because it's healthy. Um, so yeah, we're just, we're just speaking, we're literally speaking to retail, retailers now. So it should be hitting the shelves in a matter of weeks. And where is production based? You have um, a factory, I take it, in the UK. Where exactly is that based? Yeah, so we have um, the chirps are being made in the UK, but our egg white is actually made um, elsewhere in Europe. And who buys your products and how do you find your ideal customer? Let's go to the point where you said, right, we have a product, we have a name, we have a production unit, we have um, some kind of business license. 
How did you find out who your ideal customer is and how did you actually identify them? Um, so the, the customer for uh, Egg White was primarily us, we're kind of girls who are into healthy eating, we're into sport, um, and we wanted you know, the option to make Egg White omelettes. Like you're able to in the States, you also saw, you can, you know, uh, lots of uh, celebrities writing in magazines about having egg white omelets, but we couldn't buy egg white. Um, another market for egg white is obviously meringues, people who make meringues, macarons. Um, we have these fabulous girls called the meringue girls who make the most beautiful meringues and they use our egg white. Um, and then also we have guys who go to the gym, you know, bodybuilders, rugby players who need the protein and they consume, you know, they can drink a whole carton in just in one go. Um, so, so, yeah, we have a difference. They drink it. They drink it raw. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> so, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> right. So you could either cook this or you could literally down it in one if you want to, if you're really hardcore. You can, <laughs> yes. Or you can you can yeah. mix it into a protein shake. Okay. Um, because egg white doesn't have much of a taste. So, if, you know, if you mix it into a protein shake, you can't actually taste it. Mm-hmm. But it gives you the protein kick that you need. Wow. So how much protein is in the average carton? Or is it a scientific measurement? There's a 50 grams in the carton. Right. And may I ask you, what is, the, what is the retail price in the UK in pounds? Now, obviously our customers, some of our listeners, I should say, are um, listening from other parts of the world. But in, in sterling, what, what is the price of a carton? The egg white is three pounds per carton, which is cheaper than if you were to buy 15 eggs and separate them because there are... Um, there's the egg white of 15 eggs in each What is the retail shelf life then of your product? Uh, The shelf life from production is six weeks. Um, When it gets into store, say it's about five weeks, four weeks, and once opened, you've got to use it within seven days, which is plenty of time, really. What about competition? Is there competition in the UK market currently? Or I'm aware, for example, that you export to other countries. Have you competitors in the UK, first of all, and then let's talk Mm. about your competition overseas so we have no competition at the moment luckily in the uk at all such wood um and yes we do we we export the product we sell it in dubai in hong kong in france and in ireland and how did you identify those markets because they're they're quite different i mean the dubai is in the middle east ireland Mm. is on the far west of europe what what led you to decide they're the markets for us well, Ireland is actually the nearest one to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there was there was always demand from Ireland. We had since we launched, we had people emailing us, and the other markets we just it's just through contacts and through wholesalers we, you know, we found these markets and it works really well. Actually, it's the, you know, there's lots of expats in Hong Kong, um, in Dubai as well. So yeah, it works really well in those markets, France. I mean. We're also we're get, we're should, we're getting to um, Holland shortly. We're you know we're always kind of on the lookout to expand and you know the markets and just to grow the business really. Have you currently business partners, Allah, or is this something which is entirely financed by your and uh, Anna's money? Um, no, we've had we've had some investment along the way into the business. We've had three rounds of funding actually. And how did you go about getting that money together? How did you go um, about, I should say, uh, you know, explaining a business case to potential investors and, and really convincing them to back you? 
Mm. Uh, well, it definitely wasn't easy at first. Um, so when we wrote the business plan, we kind of put in salaries and, you know, we wanted to spend a certain amount on marketing. Um, but two girls with just an idea, we really struggled to raise any money. So in the end, I screwed the, the, the model of everything and we, we took out our salaries, we took out marketing, we had to do everything ourselves. We started the business on a tenth of what we originally wanted to start it on. But we both believed in the idea and we worked extremely hard um, to launch. Um, and then we were, once the product was launched and then selling in stores, we were then able to, you know, do a second line of funding and, you know, get a better investment. And at what point did you look each other in the eye and say, right, we now have a business, this has got legs, it's viable, we're beginning to see the signs of success. How long did that take from the point of conception to the point where you said, yeah, this is now working? Oh, gosh, I don't think we've ever said this is working because we're always, we always have our eye on the next goal. But I, I guess, I don't know, two or three years into the business, I guess I kind of felt, you know, a bit more relaxed. Because, you know, once you launch it and you get into stores, it doesn't mean it's going to sell or it doesn't mean they're going to keep you in there. So I was always a little bit nervous. Um, but now I think, yeah, now it's growing to a decent size and we're launching new products. So I can, I think, it's, you know, it's got legs down. Hopefully it's, you know, it's actually really gathering pace. So hopefully this will be a brilliant year for us. And in terms of attracting customers, do you use social media I presume you do. You use Facebook, you use Twitter. What, what is your social media platform? Um, yes, yeah, so social media, yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's, it's the thing to do now. So, yes, we have social media, um, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. When we started the business seven and a half years ago, we actually focused more on print PR, and Anna did a wonderful job getting us placed in almost every publication in the UK. Um, we've had some great coverage from, you know, the Sunday Times, Telegraph, Independent, also magazines, Grazia, Glamour. I so we've been really lucky with that. And at the moment, how many employees do you have? Um, so we have, um, we outsource a lot of um, stuff. So our production is outsourced, our distribution is outsourced. We have a finance department. There are a couple of people there. And we have two more employees in the office. So how many does that make then altogether? Uh, so, so there's Anne and I, two girls in the office, and then the finance department, another two, so that's six. Plus we have, you know, we have designers, we have a web guy, we have, yeah, I mean, distribution doesn't really count, I guess. And how would you summarize those seven years? People listening to this program might think, hmm, that's, that's an amazing success story. What, what would you say to people thinking of embarking on a journey of starting a food business? Um, it has been, you know, a fabulous, fascinating journey, but it's definitely not been easy. And the road is kind of longer than you think. Um, but as long as you you persevere, as long as you believe in your product, and you don't take every little setback to heart, you can you can do it. And and the benefits, you know, far outweigh any any negatives. What What's the process of getting your product into a retail outlet? just for a beginner. You have, say, something which is like your product. It could be mm. maybe chocolate, it could be beer, but you have to get this on the shelf of a major retailer. Can you talk me through mm. the journey of how you got that? First of all, you have to have a product that, you know, is kind of different to what's out there. You have to have some, 
USBs. And then it's just a matter of finding the buyer that you need and approaching them. But it's the buyers are very busy and they're very inundated with people, you know, approaching them with products. So you just have to again persevere. Um, this is this is Anna's um, side of the business. So she did this, and she just kind of would plague the buyers and call them fifty times a day, <laughs> never giving up, and never taking her for an answer. And so eventually, you, you might get a meeting. You know, you might get a meeting in the diary, and then. Why did you and Anna decide to form a partnership rather than to do this on your own thing? It, it, I, I'll stop asking two questions at the same time because I think it's a bit difficult. But I'm I'm really intrigued that you 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 found another person with whom you could work. How how did you decide to form a partnership and say this is what we want to do? We can work together and we, we trust each other. Um, well, Anna and I were actually friends. We were good friends from a few years back. And when she had the idea to start the business, she kind of, um, she knew that she was, you know, she sort of missing the the skill, the financial side of things, you know, skill, having studied economics and then done a master's in journalism. And I actually studied economics at university, so I could do the financial side of things. So when we got together, she did, she wrote the whole business plan and I did the financial model and the forecasts and things like that. So it actually works really, really well. You know, I, I, we don't, you know, we have completely separate roles, and then um, she looks after sales and marketing and IT finance and logistics, and we've been extremely lucky with that because we don't step on each other's toes, and you know, we've got all the bases covered. How did you go about choosing your logo and getting a website developed? Um, well, we met. Um, we met with a few. You know, through through friends of friends, we were you know we met various design agencies and you know spoke to various people and kind of found the ones who were the right fit. Uh, once we were making you know a bit more money, a few years into the business, we found an agency who re who did our rebrand for us. So you had a logo initially, our concept, a visual concept, which you then redesigned. Yeah. So we started, the name we had right from the beginning. Uh, but the, package, the, the design of the packaging has changed slightly over the years. But we did, yeah, and we did have one kind of major rebrand. What does the next five years hold for you for Two Chicks? So the next five years, we're just rolling out products. So we're launching this church now. We've got a couple more products which will be out in the next couple of months. And what we want to do is just yet yeah, just to keep adding to the portfolio and also expand further overseas are you at liberty to share some kind of um shall we say longer term goals than that do you see yourselves perhaps selling the company or do yes. you see yourself yes. staying in this for you know the until well 10 15 years time no you an exit i mean strategy in other words yeah no i think we would be looking um to sell the business in a few years when when the revenue is right and when we can get the right price. Do you see yourselves going into other kinds of food business or is this the only one? I mean, uh, do, you, do you, for example, see yourselves staying purely in the production of products based upon um, the area that you're in or do you see yourselves doing other kinds of food ventures? Um, well, because we are now in this food business, we do have quite a few people approaching us with various ideas. Um, so if something really good came along, Perhaps, but at the moment we're really focused on growing two chicks because it's um you know the protein uh, is so popular at the moment and we just have so much potential with it right now 
so we are focusing on this at the moment. Can you just take me through and the listeners through an average day, just so they get the idea of what it's like to start in the morning as as a, an owner of a of a really successful food business, and and finish at night time. What is your what are your daily activities? Uh, well, this is what I absolutely love about running my own business because no day is the same, and there is just so varied, so many different things to do. Um, so at the moment, because we're launching chirps, there's a lot of talking to buyers. There's also getting them. Uh, the kind of logistics set up for the new product because we're using a different haulier for that. Um, I'm just I'm just actually looking at my to-do list. What else is on there? Um, <laughs> it's, you know, setting up promotions with stores, um, kind of booking in to do some sh- shows. We do, um, for, for marketing, another thing we do is these kind of shows like the BBC Good Food Show, consumer shows. So just, you know, planning, we're just planning our marketing for this year, so which shows we're going to do. Um, and then, yeah, you know, placing orders, talking to, our, talking to our customers, talking to our producers. It's really, really varied. I did have quite a long to-do list at any one time. <laughs> how, do you, how do you interact with your customers? Do you meet them face-to-face frequently? Um, well, we have, um, we have so, you know, customers, as in like the retailers, so Waitress, Sainsbury's, so there's yeah we have meetings and we um we email we have emails with the buyers and when we do the shows Anna and I are always there talking to you know our you know our actual customers because it's really nice to hear from them what they like what they don't like because you know sometimes they can give you good ideas and and more often than not, they give us nice feedback, which is really great to hear. It makes it all worthwhile. In terms of your um, strategy, do you find yourselves resorting to outside help? In other words, do you work with consultants? Or do you have any business help other than the kind of expertise that you've accumulated so far? Um, yeah, no, we, we do have. We're very lucky. We have, a, we have a, a little board, our board, which is great. We have an FD, and we also have an advisor who's... Um, who's helped us actually all along and um, he's been in food for many years. He's had a period in bro- food brokerage. Um, so we are lucky, very, very lucky to have his advice. And do you work with any other contractors besides that? No, we don't. What advice then finally would you give to new business owners who, again, may not trust themselves? They may, they may not have the courage or they might think, well, you know what, I'm, I'm wavering about starting a food business. Um, yeah. Are there any secrets or do you think there's any kind of philosophy to jumping in and starting your own food business in today's okay. market? No, I think it's, if, if there's something you like, because I have a few, you know, obviously I have a few friends as well and they come to me because they're thinking of starting a business and they come to me because, you know, I've already been going for a few years and it's really great to see um, people who have a passion and they find something. And if you do, you know, if you do find a product that you like, or you can, you make something in your kitchen which you like, just try it on a few friends and family, and get their feedback. And if the feedback is good, then just carry on going. You know, find a buyer or a wholesaler to talk to, and and just yeah, see where you get to. And are you aware of other friends or, or people you know who are thinking of of emulating or copying the success you've had? Are they? Are they on the cusp or starting to do something serious? Are they just yeah, yes. Yeah, so a friend of mine is actually just uh, kind of getting her product product ready to launch, and you know, I've I've given her a couple of contacts um, 
to go and speak to a couple of buyers and, you know, they gave a great feedback. So it's actually really, really nice to see, you know. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time this morning. Ella, I know you have an extremely busy schedule, so we'll not keep this a long conversation. No, no, it's um, my pleasure. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, wonderful to talk to you. And uh, my regards to, to Anna as well. And I wish you the very best in the coming years. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'd love to speak to you. Many thanks to our guest, Ala Uvera of twochicks.co.uk. You can, of course, visit Two Chicks on twochicks.co.uk and you can find them on Facebook as well. Keep an eye out for an upcoming competition where we'll have details of your chance to win a supply of chirps on Facebook. My thanks as well to you for listening to MakeMoneyWithFood.com and other podcast episodes coming up very shortly from the Podcast Kitchen. In the next episode of MakeMoneyWithFood.com, we'll be speaking to Tiffany Emig, who is the market manager for the new Boston Public Market, which will open up in July 2015. That episode is all about finding out what kinds of opportunities exist for you as a potential stallholder in the marketplace. Thanks for listening to today's podcast here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com, home of the food entrepreneur. You know, we could sure do with your help. If you like the show, why not leave us a sweet little rating on iTunes, an awesome like on Facebook, or best of all, subscribe to our incredible email list today so we can keep sending amazing food entrepreneur stories, tips, and information your way. Okay, enough of the hard sell. (laughs) Visit www.makemoneywithfood.com right now. See you next time.